0: Hey, it's Jordan. Delighted to be joined by Samantha Dowles. You're a South Bend resident. And I I came across you uh, because obviously uh, the Mayor Pete has been uh, quite a news topic the last week or two. And uh, I saw some activity on Twitter and then I reached out to you because to me, um, obviously there's been talk about his uh, relationship or lack there of relationship with the African-American community in South Bend. Uh, There hasn't been as much talk just about. Um, What the heck has he done in South Bend, Indiana, uh, as far as uh, economic growth, um, closing the income gap, um, opportunity for low-income residents? And uh, the more I've looked into it, it looks like this image he's portrayed uh, as far as the next generation of leadership, Uh, if you look at how his administration and he has uh, acted in South Bend, Seems a lot like the old generation of leadership. So I wanted to start. um, He had his outgoing, uh, I guess, address this past Monday in South Bend because his term is as mayor. uh, And there was quite a lot of heavy handedness with that. Can you can you kind of tell us about that?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, it's an interesting observation you make, though, and making the point that it seems a lot like the old generation of leadership, because it most certainly is. The same people are still in control. Make no mistake about that. Um, So Monday night was the uh, Common Council meeting, the City Council meeting. Um, It was a regular meeting. It actually went till midnight. It was pretty long. I think the public portion started at 7. So there were some items. There was an item on the agenda that outgoing Councilwoman Regina Uh, Williams Preston. um, It was a resolution she was presenting before the council to honor some local activists, not just activists, but groups and nonprofits. Quite a few people were named on that resolution. And um, the day Monday, early in the day Monday, word got around that uh, council president who was reelected for another term, Tim Scott, um, had been emailing with the council. Some of those emails were leaked and it was revealed that he basically um, I was telling Regina that he was removing it from the agenda. Um,
0: and just, and so the, just so the audience knows, uh, she actually ran against Mayor Pete. Is that? Uh, she or, did. Or excuse me, she ran for mayor this time around.
1: Yes, she did. Yes, mm-hmm. she did. <clears throat> so. Of course, word got around to some local activists and there was a lot of chatter, so we were um, discussing how we were going to handle that. To be quite honest, I had the agenda uh, for the meeting and I didn't even notice that Pete was going to be there um, at the time. So we kind of rallied the troops and um, we, some of us prepared signs and we were going to be present at the meeting. Um, there was some last minute communication um, that allegedly councilwoman sharon mcbride right before the council meeting started had said that the item was back on the agenda and it was going to go forward and the council would vote on it publicly the resolution to honor the these people um so when we got to well actually let me back up so i brought a friend of mine and my uncle with me to the meeting um these are both actually the friend i brought she holds an elected seat in st joseph county in one of the townships Um, So when we were on our way there, I received a phone call from a local activist, a watchdog, if you will. Um, And he said, hey, I'm here. And I just got stopped at the door by the St. Joseph County Sheriff's Department, who let me know that there will be no signs let into the building or the meeting. Um, And of course, thank God, uh, Jesse Davis is the activist I'm speaking of, he doesn't take anything um, lying down, so you know, he gave him some pushback and he said, well, what are you talking about? You know, that's our First Amendment right if we want to bring signs into a public meeting. Um, and he said, you know, if Jesse told the deputy, I guess, you know, if if you go through with trying to stop people from bringing signs in here, it's not going to go, you know, it's not going to be good for you guys. It's and like did, and,
0: exactly did, and, did, and was it known at this point that Mayor Pete would be speaking?
1: Yes, it was on the agenda. It was just me personally that didn't didn't realize it at the time, I guess. Um, I tend to get laser-focused on things. So, um, yeah, so no, it was well known um, that Mayor Pete would be there. Um, And I had prepared signs myself, and one of them was actually directed at Mayor Pete. Um, So anyhow, so Jesse said, you know, if if you think you're going to stop some of these people from bringing signs in, it's it's not going to be pretty, it's not going to end well for you guys to which the deputy <laughs> responded, no, it's not gonna end well for for them. Um, and he was putting his foot down. He said, there are no signs going up that elevator, period. So Jesse- and I,
0: and I assume that the signs were not so favorable to Pete?
1: You know, at that point, they had no idea what the signs would say, really. Um, Actually, my, me and my friend are the ones who brought signs and we weren't even there yet. So I think they anticipated. Um, I, I did post some pictures of the signs as I was making them earlier in the day to my social media. And I know that law enforcement and the um, uh, leadership of South Bend, the city of South Bend, they, they're aware of my social media. I'm quite vocal. Um, so they probably had an idea. There were some signs coming that, that wouldn't be favorable to Pete or some of the council uh, representatives. So Jesse stepped outside and gave me a phone call. He said, hey, you know, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, I'll be there in about five minutes and I'll have my signs with me. And, um, you know, the signs are either going up to the council chambers or they'll go with me to the St. Joe County Jail. You know, we can do this however they want. You know, I said, I'm going to walk in there with my signs. And if they ask me, you know, what's that or try to take them, I'll say, you know, it's my property. You don't have a warrant. And this is my first amendment. Kick rocks. You know, we don't, we're not, we're not going to have that. So... Um, that's what we were prepared for, my, my friend and my uncle and a couple of the other activists and community members who were en route who also received this news. We were prepared for it. And within about 10 minutes then of that phone call and prior to us arriving, um, we received another phone call from Jesse that said um, that Sheriff Redmond, um, he's, this is his first term, first year actually, he was elected last year. Um, I guess he came down and some of Pete's people came down and said that, that, you know, it was a miscommunication. Of course, signs are allowed. No worries. You know, whatever. Um, But, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt that this one deputy was misinformed on the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Um, It doesn't surprise me at all um,
0: that 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 happened. Well, you have a backdrop because we're not just talking now about the local South Bend, Indiana City Council. You have Pete leading in some Iowa polls, leading in some New Hampshire polls. Uh, On Monday, he was getting a lot of national heat. He wouldn't release the client list uh, for his clients that worked at McKinsey. He was, at that point, had not pledged to let uh, press into his fundraisers. So sounds like, from his campaign, um, they didn't want any more bad optics. Uh, But activists weren't having any of it. Does that kind of sound like that's what was going on? Well,
1: yeah, um, exactly. You know, we I don't mean to sound crass, but we don't really care that Pete's running for president. Um, Pete has had problems here at home in South Bend the entire time he's been mayor. He's largely ignored um, the worst of them, racism and corruption within the government and and the police department. Um, So, you know, these things aren't just gonna go away now that Mayor Pete's term is up and he's moved on from South Bend. All these things are still here, it's still happening. You know, the chief of police is still in place. Common Council of South Bend, although many seats turned over in the elections last month, I have to be honest with you, the majority of the local activists in the area are not happy with the results of that election at all whatsoever. So you know, there's a lot we still are left here dealing with and, and facing the results of the investigation into the uh, the murder of Eric Logan by a South Bend police officer with a known racist history. Um, that's been pushed back. They're telling us it could be even February before we hear anything, which a lot of us think is absurd. Um, we have the South Bend police tape scandal, um, that's been creeping along and for years and we're nowhere near a resolution on that. So all of these things remain in place, even though Pete's going to ride off into the sunset for whatever reason. And it's- um, so, you
0: know- It's my understanding you supported Pete originally, but uh, he kind of ran for mayor a lot of the same themes you hear him running uh, as presidential, you know, like I'm young, new generation. He -hmm. ran on a lot of those themes uh, and you supported him at first, but you've evolved because it seems like what he's done in South Bend or, or more importantly, how he's operated has kind of been as part of that old boys club. Can you kind of talk more about that?
1: absolutely that's exactly what it's been so um Pete obviously uh, was a two-term mayor and um I didn't live in South Bend at the time he was originally elected my family and I moved to Texas for two years but we came back in 2011 um, we were thrilled when we came back after being gone for two years we saw a lot of improvements downtown a lot of things happening and we thought oh wow you know this new mayor not only is he young and stylish and you know seems to you know really have his his finger on the on the pulse of South Bend, and he's doing all these great things. So we were excited. We were, you know, me and my two teenage daughters were his biggest fan at one point. I mean, I have pictures on my computer of Pete and his husband posing with my daughters at various events around South Bend. Um, you know, we when Pete was here with the, when Mark Zuckerberg came to visit Pete, and they were live streaming on Facebook driving around South Bend. My daughters and I hopped in the car, and we met him along some of the points, and we were super excited. And then. As time went on, though, we, you know, I started to look around and realize, hey, man, there's a lot going on downtown. There's a lot of lights and new shiny buildings and a lot of high dollar housing and you know, stuff like that going on around downtown. Um, but I'm not seeing a whole lot happening in the neighborhoods. Crime has been at an all time high. Can I Can
0: I just uh, I just want to dial down on one point because we know Mark Zuckerberg has met with him recently. You're saying mm-hmm. that Mark Zuckerberg came there before he ran for president.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least maybe two years ago. Okay. Maybe more than two years ago, yeah. hmm Um, it's on, if you can you can look that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were live on Facebook and um, Pete gave them a tour of south Bend, even took him to the juvenile justice facility, which is nothing to brag about. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so you know, we kinda I started looking around like, man, you know, our neighborhoods are going to pot. Um, you know, about a year ago I started a list and it, it was a list of dead or critically wounded uh, teenagers uh, by gunfire in South Bend just since Mayor Pete took office and the numbers and the names and the ages it's astounding Um, so you know to hear him you know tooting his horn about all the great things he's done in South Bend he's done a lot of really great things for people of his class there there are a lot of things to attract uh, wealthy people who don't live here yet and then, thus, he's turned his back on the generations of hardworking people who have built and sustained South Bend, um, and, and that's that's a real problem. You know, he's going, You hear a lot about his thousand houses in a thousand days or whatever that was, and it's been many years now since that's happened. So we now have the benefit of looking back on what the re, you know what the outcome of that was. And on one hand, you have Mayor Pete's administration and some of his supporters saying it's revitalization when when you look at it it's really gentrification is what's happened um you know everybody you can go on facebook marketplace go on craigslist go to the regular places on the internet where you might look for a rental home in your community do that in south bend i challenge you to do that in south bend um you know the housing in in south bend just overall for low-income people is being completely wiped out there was a story just over the summer, there's a apartment complex right down the street from where I live down Western Avenue. It's called Western Manor. It's low income apartments, lower income apartments. They're older and major need of repairs. Absolutely. And, you know, come to find out over the summer, some investment group has now purchased it. They jacked the rent up effective September 1st by about $200 per unit. Um, And you know, the, the, the residents called on their councilman, Oliver Davis and Mayor Pete, to help them. And there were some press conferences and there were some talking about it and some outrage about it. But as per usual in South Bend, um, everything went through. The rent was increased. And for the first two weeks of, of September, every time I drove past there on my way to the local Kroger, there was just moving truck after moving truck. The dumpsters were overflowing with people just discarding their items and getting the heck out of there. And where did they go? I mean, you know, where do they go? There was nowhere for those people to go. Um, Notre Dame bought up, you might want to cut this part out, but (laughs) I'm kind of rambling. But Notre Dame, you know, at one point, they bought up a lot of houses and neighborhoods, um, lower income as well, demolished them, and now it's just multi million dollar houses all over that area. Where did those people go? So it's just a place, displacement after displacement of South Bend's low income and people of color and minorities. And then you couple that with the South Bend Police Department and the I mean, the racism and corruption is so deeply embedded and has been for so long in the South Bend Police Department. Um, And it's astounding that um, even with Mayor Pete being on the national stage and running for president, that we're still just getting the same slap in the face when it comes to issues of corruption and racism in our police department. And ultimately ended up with the death of a um, black man uh, this past June. Eric Logan um, was killed by a. Sergeant Ryan O'Neill and Ryan O'Neill chose not to turn his body camera on. And when the city of South Bend and South Bend police department released Sergeant O'Neill's personnel file to the media, there were missing documents. Um, and I know there were missing documents because I had possession of those documents, namely um, two write-ups about um, two white officers who had reported O'Neill back in 2008 for making racist remarks. Why were these left out of his personnel file? Um, And I know they were, because when I started posting them on social media, the media started contacting me. Hey, where did you get those documents? What is that? Where did that come from? Um, So then the city was forced to respond to that. And of course, it was some cockamamie story about how, oh, we investigated it back when it happened. The two brand new officers who reported O'Neill took polygraph tests and were found to have been lying. So that's why we left it out, it was not substantiated. Yet both of those officers who were rookies back in 2008 who reported their training officer for making racist remarks, both have been promoted. One just made lieutenant last month.
0: Hmm.
1: So So we get all these answers from the city that just don't make sense and that's how Pete's administration does business. They just lie.
0: Uh, most journalists who go there and I'll be coming there probably in the next few weeks. Um, they don't ask these specific questions because they're definitely afraid of losing access to the campaign. I don't really, mm-hmm. gi- I don't really give a damn. They, I probably won't get access after this, but yeah, they don't acknowledge me either. <laughs> yeah. I- I've, I've been told uh, it goes a little worse than that. I- I'd love to know if if you'd have any knowledge in terms of, of kind of some bought and paid for uh, relationships uh, where, There's been some money exchanges under the table, those kinds of things. We see it in Flint, Detroit. A lot of cities have corruption where uh, officials that have supported uh, Mayor Pete have, uh, you know, gotten some kickbacks, shall we say, uh, for that because he's painting himself as I'm from outside of Washington. They're corrupt in Washington. They do things, you know, uh, in back rooms and I'm fresh and I don't come from there. But it seems like a lot of the things that he's criticized, uh, I've heard from multiple uh, residents, uh, his administration is guilty of. Can you kind of talk about that?
1: Absolutely. That's exactly how Pete conducts business here in South Bend. Um, There's a local activist and pastor, Mario Sims, who's very vocal on Facebook as well. And he calls it out. You know, um, there's members of the Board of Public Safety and the Board of Public Safety is the governing body over the police and fire department. So any. um charges of uh, you know wrongdoing made against the police or disciplinary measures uh, that need to be taken against a police officer are to go before this board of public safety, which is appointed by the mayor. Um, and he, you know, Mayor Pete was so proud of himself and it took every opportunity to tell people that he had a majority minority board of public safety uh, that he appointed in South Bend. Um, but nobody really knew who these people were. In fact, when there was a town hall um, at Washington High School over here on the west side, um, I think it was less than a week after Eric Logan died, um, Mayor Pete and the Chief of Police, Scott Raskowski, sat on that stage and thought that they were gonna hide behind the Board of Public Safety and and thought that they were gonna silence us all and hush us all up um, when we were demanding answers and demanding action and demanding discipline um, up to and including termination possible criminal charges. They thought they would hide behind this, oh well, you know, the, we don't have that power. All that power is in the hands of the Board of Public Safety. And that's all they would really say on it. And I was in the audience and I had no problem. I, I wasn't gonna stand up and wait my turn to, to be handed the microphone because I already know how that was going to go. So I sat right in my seat and I said, Who makes up the Board of Public Safety and what are their credentials? I knew who was on the board. I knew, you know, their names, their occupations, I knew the the um, you know, the history behind how they came to be appointed to that board. We have a pastor um, who was given a, a piece of property um, where he now operates as church. Um, even even the, the leader of the local NAACP, Michael Patton, I mean, he was given $500,000, I think, by the South Bend Heritage Foundation to build some houses. And we've seen no results. Where's the money? Um, and then you know, on the flip side of that, then we see when you know, what is the NAACP and South Bend doing? Are they standing behind these minority officers that have left in droves the South Bend Police Department? I mean, there are several uh, minority officers who have left the South Bend Police Department during Mayor Pete's term who have filed discrimination lawsuits against the city. And where's the NAACP? Where's Michael Patton? They're standing up at the podium with Mayor Pete. And signing off on everything, rubber stamping everything. They are not standing um, with the black community in South Bend, and we see that over and over again. Um, you well, know, and sounds, then
0: it sounds like they're getting some funding to do that.
1: Absolutely, and they do. They're doing it in broad daylight in front of everybody's faces. Um, one thing I want to mention about the Board of Public Safety. As during that town hall, because I pressed Pete and I pressed him, and he finally broke down. He didn't name their names, but he said we have a businessman, we have a former um, police officer, we have a fire, you know, for, former fire uh, firefighter, whatever. Um, and he admitted that there was a vacancy on the board of public safety, which I hadn't even realized that. So, it was obviously a long standing vacancy on this Board of Public Safety. So, he admitted that. And um, one of the things that the community demanded right then and there at the town hall was that he open that um, vacant seat for public application. And they did. They accepted applications. There was a deadline, I think it was sometime mid August. The deadline came. There were applicants, qualified applicants. And inexplicably, the city extends the deadline. Okay, fine. Extend the deadline. Did you not get the candidate you wanted? What's going on? Deadline was extended. And then the next thing we know, they're announcing that they have chosen uh, the person to fill the vacancy on the Board of Public Safety. And it is a Latina woman, and I apologize, I don't know her name, it's a Latina woman, who is employed by the city of South Bend in the Human Resources Department. A slap in the face, an absolute slap in the face. And, And this is what you get from Pete. He will hear you, he will listen, he will hear you. (laughs) <laughs> He'll listen to you with that smug look on his face, and then he will turn around, and in his administration, will do it seemingly the make the worst possible choice. I mean, just go in the complete opposite direction, um, and the city offers no explanation. Um, I received a direct message on Facebook from one of those applicants. And this is a woman that I've never talked to before in my life. And she said, you know, I applied for that position. I applied during the first round before the original application cutoff date. And I'm going to misquote it. I would have to look it up. I didn't have it prepared. Basically, this woman has a bachelor's, a master's, uh, and a doctorate in public safety. She is not employed by the city of South Bend. Um, You know, and she she says, so they certainly didn't pick the most qualified candidate. I know that um, a former South Bend police officer 22-year uh, veteran of the United States military, former Common Council candidate, also applied for that position. He also happens to be an African American, um, and he wasn't even didn't even make it to an interview round. Um, he also has a, a pending lawsuit against the city, in the Southland Police Department. But that's a story for another day.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because he's running nationally and obviously he's doing these, you know, champagne and caviar fundraisers. Uh, But he's talking about this broad coalition he's building. Uh, It doesn't seem to be reflected in the polls. In South Bend, did did you ever see him out like with the people, you know, like in the neighborhoods, uh, not downtown where it's being gentrified, but like in the trenches with the people? Because at least for the last two years, maybe three, he's been trying to run for DNC chair, then setting the, you know, establishing relationships to run for president and now running for president. Uh, I I don't mean this humorously. I'm just asking, what is his qualifications to run for president? It doesn't sound like other than dime a dozen gentrification, which I could name you 50 other mayors uh, who have done that. What is the big thing he's done in South Bend?
1: There isn't a big thing he's done in South Bend other than continue on with, you know, the system um, as it's been. You know, we refer to the St. Joseph County Democratic Party as the machine here. It is a machine. Um, You know, I don't believe that the majority of the Democrats in leadership in this county are true Democrats. They certainly don't behave like the Democratic Party. They certainly behave and operate and and run the county and the city uh, like a Republican. Um, So and. What do I know? But that's just my opinion. Um, I don't see anything that qualifies Pete to run uh, to run the country or or be president other than clearly he has access to, uh, you know, the one percent, to the elite, to the money. um, And we all know how that works. It's, It's business as usual. So I guess if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for, you know, maybe a younger, more stylish, more attractive uh, gay Donald Trump, I, I guess you got it because that's just my opinion. Um, I've been saying even before Pete announced he was running for president, I've been telling people he is a racist, corrupt fraud period. He
0: and is. Wh- why do you uh, why do you view him as racist? Obviously, we know he's had tense uh, relations with the black community, but obviously being racist is is a step further. Has he done or not done things that uh, you view as racist?
1: Well, he supports and protects racist police, period. Um, you know, it's not just with the Eric Logan case. Um, there's been many cases, uh, you know, just the Southman Police Department. Um, there was an eighteen year old young man. It's the Franklin case. You can look that up. And matter of fact, the Southman Police Department has the entire Franklin case file on their transparency hub. It is the only piece of litigation that they've published to the transparency hub. Um, but he was a, I think, 18-year-old black man who was sleeping in his bed at his mother's house, and a couple um, South Bend Police Department officers kicked in the door, raided the home with no warrant, and assaulted him, and and I mean assaulted him, tased him, beat the living daylights out of him. Turns out he was the wrong guy. The Franklin family sued and won. They were awarded an $18 settlement. And then the city of South Bend, under Mayor Pete, sued his family to recoup fifteen hundred dollars in legal fees which i mean they won their civil rights case against the southland police department what do you and mean
0: what do you mean an eighteen dollar settlement that sounds he got one dollar for each count
1: he was awarded eighteen not a settlement he was awarded an eighteen dollar um judgment by the jury eighteen dollars you should look that case up um and we and there's there's been several instances um, of just outright racism and corruption within South Bend Police Department. Not only that, but it goes into the county as well. There's the case of Jihad Vasquez in South Bend, a 16-year-old black boy who, this was just a handful of years ago, definitely under Mayor Pete's administration, um, who was found hanging Klan-style on the south side of South Bend. The day after he was suspended from school for getting into a fight with a white student who had called him the N-word, the white student's family is known to be Klan. Um, I'll, I'll just say it, absolutely known to be Klan. Um, and, you know, the county, the coroner who was previously the sheriff, no, I think it was previously a, a chief of police. He was appointed chief of Southland police for a time, uh, a short time. He was the St. Joseph County coroner at the time that um, Jihad Vasquez was murdered. Uh, He has no medical background, the coroner, Um, and he ruled Jihad Vasquez's death a suicide. There was no autopsy. They had his body cremated the next day within 24 hours, never told his mother that she had the right to demand an autopsy, Um, told the mother, I know a suicide when I see one, and that was it, case closed. So the mother then, you know, went to Pete at a city council meeting and pleaded with him, help me get an investigation into my son's death. And Pete, you know, gave, gave her, you know, said, call my office, call my, you know, call and make an appointment. She's called, she's emailed, so have activists on her behalf. And Pete never met with her. Pete turned his back on her. And what um, was, so what she,
0: was her son's name?
1: Jihad Vasquez.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was found hanging in a Klan style, you said?
1: We say hanging clan style because that's exactly what it was. I mean, he was hanging from a, oh gosh, it was like um, kind of like an electrical tower. Um, and, he w- and he wasn't that far off the ground. I mean, you'll have to look up the case, but there's there's a lot of evidence, you know, as far as like his belongings and where they were, what was missing. And he had belongings missing. Um, that have never turned up. I, I think one of them might have even been his cell phone. You know, it, it, the case, need, you know, the, any 16-year-old uh, found hanging um, on the south side of anybody's town, that death needs to be investigated fully and completely. You can't just have the coroner with no medical background say, I know a suicide when I see one, and have the boy's body cremated the next day with no autopsy. That's absurd.
0: I mean, when you look at... Uh... 90 minutes away, Chicago, you have Rahm Emanuel covering up Laquan McDonald's death. It's different, but it doesn't sound too different where you have a mayor basically covering up for his police department.
1: Time and time and time again.
0: Yes. And and what would you say? Because, you know, the media, uh, I'd like, uh, is the national media looking into any of this? Because there has been journalists on the ground there. Do they ask about what he's done in South Bend? What are they doing there? Because I've seen CNN reporters and and other reporters there, but it it doesn't particularly seem like any of this is being reported. It
1: seems like the mainstream national media is contacting Pete's campaign and saying, hey, we're coming to town. We wanna to talk to people who support you. Can we have a list of people who support you? And that's who they're talking to. Um, there is, you know, the Young Turks Investigates, Jonathan, Jonathan Larson has been here many times. Please visit his website and his, the Young Turks Investigates website Um, And their YouTube channel, he does a live stream every day, and he's discussed Mayor Pete and South Bend, and he's written many, many pieces. He has, um, I mean, he's really dug in, and he's uncovered uh, documents that the South Bend Common Council claims they've never seen regarding the South Bend police tapes and a questionnaire that Pete's lawyers had the whistleblower fill out. Mm. Uh, you know, the local media uh, says, you know, well, we've never seen that. The Common Council says we've never seen that. But Jonathan Larson at the Young Turks has it. Um, you know, and he's done a lot of reporting. But outside of, of I mean, it's, it's starting to pick up a little um, just in, <laughs> since Pete's been having problems um, with the, the black voter thing that have really been making headlines. Um, but that's just been in the last week. And I and I don't really see, you know, that the mainstream media grabbing a hold like that. I don't. Um, and it it's puzzling on one hand, but on the other hand, when you see who he's getting his money from, um, you know, and, and where these fundraisers are being held, well, that kind of explains it all, doesn't it?
0: And uh, while while he was mayor, did he get a lot of support from Chamber of Commerce type people, uh, wealthy uh, people, obviously Chicago's nearby? Who Who was funding him while he was mayor?
1: Well it's hard to say because his campaign um they destroyed the 2011 campaign finance reports which is perfectly legal to do um so th- it's hard to tell there you know there are some names and, and some records out there and it's all you know big name business folks names I don't care to drop um but it's it's out there um there have been stories done on it Jonathan Larson the young Turks investigates he broke all of that down um so yeah I mean it's obvious that it's so- always
0: so you just casually dropped that he his campaign destroyed his mm-hmm. campaign finance documents? Yes. So those are not findable online.
1: No. They're not findable anywhere. Interesting. Mhm.
0: So it just seems like this is a media concocted figure uh, mm-hmm. and if you peel you don't even have to peel back that far, it's the same old corruption just with a prettier younger face.
1: Absolutely.
0: One hundred percent. Unbelievable. Well, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I'm going to be in South Bend soon, fortunately. So uh, I'll talk to you and others. And um, yeah, I'll ask you one last question. Uh, If he were to win the nomination, you think he'd beat Trump? Uh, To me, it seems like this is perfect. The perfect foil for Trump to basically cancel out Trump's corruption because Pete's corruption is, is right there to be exposed.
1: I absolutely think he would beat Trump if he becomes the nominee. Absolutely. Oh,
0: he would beat Trump.
1: I think he would. I think he would. I wouldn't have said that before Donald Trump was elected. I would have said, absolutely not. That's absurd. There's no way. But now that we see we Donald Trump did it, he pulled it off and he was elected. However, that came about, I'd say nothing is impossible. And yeah, I th- I think he could beat him because... And I think that's exactly the reason why these people chose him. Whoever it was that chose people to judge of all people um, to try to get the nomination. I mean, just look at him. He—they think they thought he'll appeal to millennials. He'll appeal to you know, LGBTQ, and certainly he'll appeal to the black voters. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> I don't know who lied to those people, but you know, again, it was. Probably a matter of, you know, they did their study groups and their focus groups and they rounded up the 10 or 12 black people in South Bend who do support Pete Buttigieg and said, look, we we come with black support, too. No, he does not.
0: And it seems like those black figures, uh, a lot of them have gotten kind of sweetheart deals from the administration.
1: Absolutely. Sharon McBride, Councilwoman Sharon McBride. Uh, she was the councilwoman at the, the center of the microphone controversy. Um at the event, we, we don't even know what that event was. It was announced that some black leaders were going to gather to show their support for Pete. Um, they made it very clear at the beginning of the event that this was a no way an endorsement of Pete, but then they went on to basically endorse him and and whatnot. So as you may may or not know, a Black Lives Matter activist, um, Igor Rodriguez, he kind of disrupted it, um, ended up with a microphone. It was wrestled away from him, but Sharon McBride, um, she, in my opinion, she's a prime example of bought and paid for support for people to judge. She was a city employee for many, many years. Uh, just, uh,
0: just, just so the audience knows, she is African-American?
1: She is, yes. Okay. She African-American, yes. She is married to a Southland police officer. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. I don't know if they're so legally married, but... Um, She is either the current or former spouse of South Bend police officer. Um, Both of them have filed racial discrimination lawsuits against the city of South Bend. Um, Sharon McBride, like I said, she was an employee of the city of South Bend for many years in many different departments. There have been allegations of wrongdoing on her part, um, possibly even some theft or abuse of her position within the city. And um, after a period of time when the city terminated her finally... Um, Right around that time, there was an EEOC suit filed. She filed against the city on racial discrimination. And then right around the time she dropped that suit, she is hired by St. Joseph County um, as executive director of community corrections, having no education experience or background in corrections or law enforcement. Um, And then next thing you know, Ms. McBride is caucused into the vacant Uh, common council seat for the third district. So she was appointed by caucus in, I think, early 2018. Um, Again, where did this come from? You know, she'd never really been active in politics. Um, She wasn't a community activist. She was simply, you know, a former city employee, wife of a police officer, and now somehow uh, managed to land a position with the county, an executive position in community corrections. And now we turn around and she's being appointed um, to the Common Council. She did win re-election in her district uh, last month in November, but I do always point out this fact. There was an opponent against McBride in the primaries. Um, her name was Barbara Matson. She filed the paperwork, all the appropriate paperwork, to run in the primary, and that was the extent of her participation in the primary, um, but her name did still go on the ballot um she did not campaign she did not participate in debates she didn't buy a sign she did nothing and she got 321 votes to mcbride's 1100 in the primary Um, so you know then that's another sad factor on south bend is people don't vote in south bend Hmm. poor people people of color simply don't vote and the people in power the machine they know that and they capitalize on that um, so, yeah, it's, it's no surprise to me that Sharon McBride, of all people, is tra- now traveling with Mayor Pete, trying to convince people that black people at home support him. Um, sh- she owes him. She owes him big.
0: Ugh, this is what they call the next generation of leadership. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Uh, I'm planning yeah. on coming there uh, shortly. So uh, thank you and, and be well. Thank you for
1: having me. I look forward to meeting you.